Bob, you need to be a bit more vulnerable with some of our discussions. You're all, you always have the answers and it's difficult being a teammate of yours. You know what, Josh, I I've heard that feedback before, uh, but it's just hard being me and it's hard being right all the time. Was that vulnerable enough for you? Uh, yeah, that was pretty vulnerable. Uh, uh, well, here, here's the thing. We have a whole episode that's following this that's going to show you how to be vulnerable as a leader. And I think it's going to change everything for you. Maybe I should listen. Maybe. Welcome back to the Metacast. We are here with another guest. Davidson has joined us talking all about leadership. And I think we're going to focus in on vulnerability. So first, let's meet Davidson. Then we'll hop into the content. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, always a pleasure. It's always respect consistent podcasters. Uh, I've done close to 300 episodes now. So it's uh, it's certainly not easy. The first 20 were scary and, and god awful. And then the next 150 were just awful. And then the last 100, I was like, okay, this is kind of better but yeah it's always very vulnerable so i appreciate we it. have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> that, that doesn't ring a bell at all <laughs> but uh it takes it takes uh it takes a special certain someone to like just bear it out there and just like be consistent um so i really appreciate you guys having me on here all right so let's talk about vulnerability uh this is something as we were talking before the episode trying to figure out where we can focus our 20 to 30 minutes to give every viewer and listener something to walk away with. So vulnerability was really the thing and the power of it. So Davidson, uh, what have you seen that does work, doesn't work, that's helped you really want to focus on this? Yeah, yeah. I, it It's weird because I feel like I, I went to this weird um, making amends part where I was like diving deep into my shadow. So it's it's interesting right like i've hired, i went to all these seminars and there's all these like public speakers and there was a guy named ian koniak who like talked a lot about his addiction to porn and strip clubs and alcohol and all this stuff and he's someone who's made millions of dollars in tech sales he, he was the number one guy at salesforce and when he spoke really openly about that that was the first time where i was like man this leader this guy who there was a hundred people in the room and he just let it all out there he just said hey like you know i was a horrible husband i was going to strip clubs, I was partying and like, I was, do I was addicted to dopamine hits. And that was the, like the wake up call. And I was like, man, like that, I need to be more vulnerable like this guy. So now all of my posts, like all of my content, I usually start off with sharing some sort of insecurity or some sort of um, something that I, you know, whether I failed at something or I wronged someone or I cheated on a, an ex-girlfriend or whatever. And it's been getting a lot of feedback. I know, I know it's not healthy to look at like external validation, but I get tons and tons of comments from men and other leaders are like, man, like good for you, man. Like that made me think differently about my insecurities and, you know, how I'm trying to be successful because of all the external validation and things like that. So that that's what really inspired me to, to write a lot more about my vulnerabilities and in the context of leadership. Yeah. And we're in the business of helping people. So getting that validation is almost like the feedback that we need to know that we are achieving the goal of actually helping people. So I wouldn't beat yourself up about that. Like, otherwise, how else do you know? Like, if you don't get the feedback, then maybe like, as we've talked about before, no one's paying attention. So mm. you're putting all this effort in to try and help somebody mm. and no one's being helped. So even even that negative 
response. Someone's taking that time to listen and contemplate and say like, Hey, Davidson, this is what I think. Mm-hmm. While that might not be a direct help in that moment to them, that at least gets, gets that mind churning and the wheels going and is gonna drive some positive change. So mm-hmm. as, as uh, leaders, Bob and I, we've both been down this path and Bob and I have been pretty open about being open in the past. And that's served me well, just in showing people that um, this VP or CXO is actually a human and they care and Mm -hmm. things matter and they have feelings. And I know that's given, um, given me a lot of help throughout the tough times and the difficult times. Bob, uh, what about you? Have you, you have any good stories that fall into that realm? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't make very many mistakes, <laughs> and I'm quite perfect. So, no, <laughs> so it's really hard for me to show vulnerability, uh, and, it, and my ego is incredibly large as well. Uh, now, what I, what I was thinking as you guys were talking is I was thinking of role modeling, uh, the leader as role model. And, and I was also thinking not just of the risk-taking, uh, the vulnerability, but I was also thinking like the positive role model, uh, like, like these are behaviors to amplify. This is what we're looking for in the organization. Uh, and, this, and then showing vulnerability to create safety to be vulnerable. Like part of that role model is, is I think, creating the space for other people to show vulnerability. And it starts with the leader. Uh, the the model that we set, mm. and I was thinking of balance. So I stri- I try to strike that I try to strike that balance. I think a leader, if you're if you're erring if you're erring on the side of of you know that's that's called positive and negative. If you're modeling all negative, I think that's probably the wrong direction. If you're modeling all positive, but can we artfully show that balance uh, and share that and intentionally share that? And I think of it, it's, it's, we're creating a space. We're like emanating a space to people. We're giving permission. We're making it safe. Any reactions to that? I don't have a story per se, but I've tried to walk that balanced fashion. Now, in all seriousness, I have made so many mistakes. So I have plenty of fodder <laughs> on, on the negative side of things. Uh, and, and so do that. Uh, what do you think? Balance, walking that balancing act, any reactions? Yeah, it, it's especially we talked about confidence in in the past and leaders need to be out front and showing people, hey, this is the way we're going to be good. Let's keep rolling like this. But that ba- either direction, as Bob said, you're going to tip and fall fall over, whether you're the overly confident leader and everybody just like calls BS or you're just like, this is terrible. I'm bad. I screwed up. I screwed mm-hmm. up. They'd be like, well, why are you the leader? Like, can we get something right? <laughs> you know, like part of part of leading is like winning and creating that mm-hmm. winning mentality. Uh, now, it's winning is hard and winning isn't a thing that happens 100% of the time. So you have to get comfortable with the failures. And that's where the vulnerability starts to open and create that space of like, Hey, this is who we are. We understand we make mistakes, but we're going to learn and grow. So, um, certainly it's a, it's a difficult, but delicate balance that you have to walk as a leader. Hmm. So, yeah. 
this why is it so hard what what do you what do you i'm sorry go ahead oh the, this conversation reminds me of um when i worked at linkedin um that had the vp of sales that was, that was in charge of linkedin marketing services so she had like 800 people underneath of her she she shared a story during a, one of the panel events that i'll never forget and it was one of the largest deals and they were trying to get linkedin as a vendor and um she she's Korean um, American, so they just assumed that she was uh, like the executive assistant, so when all the vendors, there was twelve guys that came into the boardroom, and they were like, "Hey, um, can you get me like some Starbucks? Like, you know, this is how I like mm. it." And she actually went and got it, and and then there were thirty people in the room, and we were, everyone was just waiting there uncomfortably until she went down and took her ten minutes because we worked in the Empire State Building at the time to go get it and yep. she went up and and she just continued the meeting like and i was just like man like that's such a crazy story but it was very vulnerable for her to share that right because as a leader like that would be almost like traumatizing to me you know but she was very open about that oh that's a wonderful story i i like that what i was starting to say is so we're talking about it like it's a matter of fact and it happens everywhere and uh, and leaders are highly vulnerable. And my experience, at least mine, is the reverse of that. <laughs> uh, like it's rare for leaders to show that vulnerability. Uh, and my question is, why? Why do you think? Like, like and, and leading the why, not complaining about it, but why? It leading into how do how do we fix that? How do leaders self correct or course correct? Any ideas? Uh, this is something Bob and I have talked about, given our age the time that we were raised uh leaders were expected to be like infallible don't act like you're this spring chicken bob but like both of us were raised in times where like as the leader you have to have all of the answers you are the person they're, they're like the buck stops here while well, the buck still stops here but it's like you if it fails it's on you the single ringable neck all of those things that we were brought brought up with that weren't team centric that Bob and I have rebelled against over the past few decades where it's like, no, actually the team is really what matters. And to enable the team, we need to show that we're human and we need help and that they actually know more about things than we do and how that's a, such a different thing. But one of the reasons why we've centered our podcast on leadership is the lack of good leaders, just like Bob talked about is it's unfortunately rare. And I do think um, the number of poor examples of leaders far outweigh the good ones. So that's what our podcast is all about. Hopefully showing people that, hey, there, there is a different way to do it and it's actually better. So I think that plays a pretty sizable part. Davidson, you have any thoughts there? Yeah, that, that's a good point, right? I think the fake it until you make it. I mean, the confidence got them to you know, why they were chosen to lead, right? Um, in, in sales organizations, which, you know, my background is more large fortune 1000 uh, tech companies, right? So I've been a part of a lot of sales organizations and they, a lot of the top reps end up getting promoted to, to leadership, right? And, but just because they, they were really good at selling, which sometimes is selfish where they, they just laser focused on getting the job done, bringing in as much revenue as possible, but then they get, thrown into a completely different situation where they're not, they're asked to being spread a little bit more thin where they have eight reps or 10 reps. Right. And, and I see there's a, 
is a totally different skill set in being a good leader, right? But, you know, and then obviously the politics component of it as well, right? So there, there's just a lot more factors. And to your point, you know, they because your confidence as a leader, that affects everyone else, right? So if you show too much vulnerability, then people might judge and people might just assume like, oh, maybe he's not equipped to do, or maybe he, he or she is not equipped to do this, right? So it, it's timing, it's, there has to be a purpose behind the story. And um, yeah, I think as long as there's communication, but it but it's a thoughtful communication, right? It, you can't really show all your weaknesses or else it's gonna, it's gonna show all your teammates can feed that, can read that energy or team members. I, I, yeah, I would buy that. I mean, there's a credibility, there's a balancing act, but I think, I think a lot of folks over rotate on it. I was, when you were talking, Josh, I was thinking of, I used to be a fan of Jack Welsh. So I don't know if you, you both recognize, but Jack Welsh was the CEO of, uh, of GE yeah. and just a real, I mean, at the, at the time he was put up as like a benchmark CEO, but he was sort of an ass and sort of a dictator, huh. just not, I mean, he was, he was real, he was real hard. And it, and to me, like one of the, you know, one of the bylines of Jack Welsh is don't show weakness as a leader, like ne never show weakness, never, <laughs> never admit that you're wrong. Uh, always have an answer. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I think it's fair. Uh, and, and, and that's the power of a leader. And I found vulnerability is like a, a superpower for me. Sometimes I lean into it and I'll, you know, I'll admit that I don't know something or a mistake. I'll almost fake it. It's like, I know, I know an answer or a direction and I won't, I won't say it because I want everyone else to rise up. I want, I want other folks to step. I want to create opportunity for other folks. And it's just, it, it just wows me when other folks step in, uh, to either solve a problem or help in that situation or help me. Like asking someone for help to me is a gift, except for you, Josh. But, <laughs> but, but, but no, it's, a, I mean, I, I look at it as like, a, Josh, I don't know something. Or Davidson, I don't know. Right now, I need to have that credibility and trust established. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? What a gift is that giving that, that other person, I think, uh, for us to co-create something. Is yeah, that sounding I, too schmaltzy? What do you guys what do you guys got? No, I, I've I've coached a handful of leaders and executives. There was a COO of a company that I worked at that sold for a couple billion, right? So certainly very, very talented, very good. And you know, we were talking, it was at a offsite and a casual setting. He's like, hey, any feedback for me that you think that I could change? And I said, you know what? I think the most powerful thing you could do is say, I don't know. I've never heard you not have the answer. You always have the answer, which is amazing, which is great, but that's going to make scalability hard. And so that's where really becoming a leader and enabling those people to step up and rise up, that's where that leadership happens is enabling the scale and not having it all be on you because being a leader is hard. And then we can pile it on top of ourselves by always having the answer. So whenever there's quiet in the room, all eyes turn towards that person. And that might be the, like a fulfilling thing and you feel good, like, hey, like I'm the person, but that's going to eventually crush you. So it's one of those things that for like your own health and your own safety, like you're going to have to figure that out. Otherwise, it's just going to 
become this immense amount of pressure. So the capability, even, even when you know the answer of saying, I don't know, and just keeping your mouth shut for like two minutes to allow somebody, some smart person that hasn't had the opportunity to, to jump up and say like, I have an idea. And then that just sparks some amazing things. Yeah. All right. Davidson, you had something there? Yeah, no, I, lo- I love what you're saying, right? It's, it's, I mean, it sounds cliche, but people always say like, you, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, right? So it's just how can I leverage the talents of my teams and and find and have a diversified team where everyone has different skill sets, like different uh, contributions, and and just the diversity of thought and opinions, and you know, it just leads to a like much richer and 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 it's also like discerning, right? It's like some people are really good at like vision, and some people are good at execution, right? So it's just also being able to know what your team's strengths are and then coach them around their, their blind spots as well. Right. And how can you do that in a way that lands so that they don't, it's not too much all at once. Uh, that's a beautiful point. I like that a lot. As we were talking, Josh, there, there was a, an author, James Sirica came to mind and he, he wrote a book. It's maybe a decade or four ago called the wisdom of the crowd. And, and I, so I was thinking, it, one of the quotes, the key quote was, the wisdom of the crowd always trumps the lone genius. And, and, and that, to me, is the point. Now, it's not to ha- not have the genius. It's not like you're, you're not trying to dumb yourself down. <laughs> so you are what you are as a leader. But it's can you activate, because there's, there's always more intelligence in the group if you can mine it in an effective way. Uh, and he had a bunch of stories around that that, that sort of proved that point. Yeah, I, one of the things that the you don't want to be the smartest in the room, um, but sometimes you are. And then how do you operate in that manner where, yes, you're the smartest person in the room, but that's not the operational needs we need, as Bob talked about, we need to engage all of the brains. You know, the sum total of all those brains is going to be infinitely more than any single genius. That well, maybe Einstein or somebody like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the one exception or something like that. But in your common everyday business, like, uh, yes, you might be the smartest person in the room, but you have to find a way to tap into all of those brains because, as Bob said, just, just, just the, just the sum of all of that talent and experience is just massive so you're almost foolish if you don't use that otherwise just you're you're going to limit the opportunity for you guys to win but the vulnerability is the the that vulnerability and that situational awareness is the way to activate or an aspect of that uh now there may be other geniuses josh uh, you know like elon I, I, you know, you I, do I, love Elon, I, right? Yeah, I do. I, no, no, I'm, no, I'm going to withdraw that. I threw it out there, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back. All right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not a fan. Bob is that's uh, for sure. No, no, just it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. What else so, do we want to explore on the topic, Josh? I would like got? to like try and package this up. Uh, okay. One of the things that we try and do is is give our listeners or viewers uh, just something to walk away with. And 
this afternoon, tomorrow, whenever it is that they like, hey, here's a thing I can put into action. So let's each take a stab and we might end up repeating each other, but let's each take a stab at like, for you listener, viewer that's out there, here's a thing you can do right after this that's going to make a difference for you and or your team. Davidson, you have a thought there? Yeah. Leadership doesn't necessarily mean by title, right? I've learned from some of the best individual contributors who just execute and laser focus and they lead by example through who they're being. So, and and those are some of the most powerful leaders I know, right? Um, So, you know, even if you're an aspiring leader or you, um, or you're, you, you don't want to be, but you're a super intentional individual contributor. I believe that you can be just as good of a leader as if you're the CXO of, of any organization. That was good. That was good. Damn, oh, man, nice. I love that. Nicely done. I'm going to, what I heard there, Davidson, is like we're all leaders. And then some of us can really shine in that because we're all modeling. We're all role models. That was wonderful. I'm going to say, everyone, Metacasters, everyone starting tomorrow, create a helpometer. So it's a burn-up chart, and you track week over week, day not day over day, but week over week, period of time over period of time, how many times you ask for help. If you're flatlining at zero for, let's say, six months, you got some work to do, my friends. And, and, and even if you don't need help, and you're in the leadership role, ask for help. All right. You may be surprised that you get a better solution, a better decision, et cetera. So have a helpometer and and track your track your vulnerability, if you will, in that way. All right. Going last was a bad plan. You guys <laughs> both have done very well. So let's see. I, the challenge I would throw out for folks is when you have the answer in a meeting or in Slack or something, just hit pause. See if somebody else jumps up with an idea or instead of having the answer, throw out a question that might enable somebody to jump in or be a catalyst for a discussion or something. So, so try and enable discussions from across your team to happen as opposed to like, Here's the answer. We're off and running. Yes, there's times where like the most important thing you do is just get the answer and go. But most times you don't need that. So try and create that empty, awkward silence that allows somebody else to step into it and say something amazing. I feel oh my good. God. I feel good. I think that was yeah. like three mic drops. <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, I was scared when you opened it up. I was like, holy crap, we're going to have a challenge here. <laughs> I think we nailed it. Davidson, nicely done. All right. So Metacasters, from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Davidson, it's you. And beautiful North Brunswick, New Jersey. (laughs) I'm Bob Galen. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Davidson Hay. Shake. And bake. bake. (laughs) <laughs> Take care, y'all. Come All on, right. Davidson. Give us a camera. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Take okay, care, so. y'all.